Hello and welcome back to the M7 podcast. The Jills kicked off their pre-season campaign with a 2-0 win over Folkestone and Victor on Saturday afternoon. Tonight, I'm joined as ever by Owen Stanley and BBC Radio Kent commentator Ben Watts, who covers Jules up and down the tree. Uh, lucky him after last season. <laughs> ben, good evening. How are you, buddy? Yeah, really yeah, well. Thanks, well. mate. Thanks for having me on. Not at all. Absolute, absolute pleasure. Um, Owen, we we obviously went to went to lovely Folkestone on on Saturday. Uh, um, it was a two 0 win for the Jills. Um, yeah, just give us your assessment. Yeah, it was a typical example of a first pre-season game, not the most exciting or exhilarating ninety minutes you're ever going to see. But, you know, it's never really, it's never really the point, I suppose. If you just go there mainly. The fitness and to check out some new players this as well. Some good youth players. I think it, it's one of those I think where it's not exciting, but it did it did the job where it meant to be, and that was just for full fitness. Obviously, people will make their very swift judgments on new players, but it's all about getting up to getting up to speed. Obviously, I think we forget how how long it is till we actually play our first uh, game. Not very long at all, is it? It's only three four weeks, so yeah. to get the get the legs moving again, I reckon. You're very true. Um, um, ben, obviously, um, I messaged you 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 on Saturday, uh, and 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 when I'd asked you, asked you to, I'd, I'd already said that you, you didn't miss much. Um, you don't you don't often you don't often do preseason as uh, as radiant. Is exact that exact reason? Is it? <laughs> Pretty much. I try and avoid them as much as possible, knowing that generally they're not particularly entertaining. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I like to play my uh, uh, amateur cricket, my village cricket as well. So with the season starting at the end of July, I was like, right, I got, I'm going to try and get as many games in as I, I can before the football season comes around a week early this year. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if there's a, a midweek one or two, I might sneak there. I went to Norwich last year for... Well, a game that, looking back in hindsight, now kind of set the tone a little bit, didn't it, with that thumping defeat against Norwich, and it didn't get much better as the season went on. But um, yeah, so uh, it sounds like it was a good exercise, nonetheless. But that's what they are, isn't it? It's an exercise. You can never really tell if a player has a cracking preseason whether that's actually going to translate into the regular season or whatever. I remember seeing Elliot List down at Eastleigh the other year and he was absolutely flying and you know it's one of those things isn't it but um yeah like you say good to see the new signings and uh, as Jules fans I'd imagine you know fairly pleased that that six are in the door yeah 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 um yeah I mean, I mean as Ben Ben just mentioned about six in the door um out of the out of the boys um who who stood out for you for you the, the most on Saturday uh, it's hard to comment on the goalkeeper. In truth, he didn't have anything to do in that first half. I thought John Williams was quite composed. Looked a little bit leggy, but obviously that's going to come with time. Uh, Jeffrey's the same. I think he was a, quite a bit deeper than he'd like to be. Um, you know, Kashka only got half an hour in. I think we were worried at the time when he came off, thinking, here we go. But apparently Neil Harris has come out and he said that was a tactical thing and that he's probably going to get more... 45 minutes plus when we head to uh, head to Dover at the weekend, so that's good news. Uh, yeah, I think I'm trying to remember who've actually signed. Be honest, out who played. Because I know Ryan yeah. had to play the new goalkeeper. Other new goalkeeper didn't play, did it? No. So that means how many? I said is there one left? Getting maybe. Uh, yeah. So William Williams played. Um, the two, the obviously the goalkeeper played. Um, Cascade played. Um, right, right defender. He didn't play. He didn't play on Saturday. Um, it said he picked up, up a, a, a car strain. Um, ben, you've been um, you've been around the, 
the, the camp as such um, in the press conference of Harris and 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 obviously got and in and in the, in the players. How is the how I spoke to Harris that day myself, and we'll get into that a little bit. But how is the mood in general around the camp, both Harris and the players? I think I Neil think Harris is pretty positive. He was, you know, slightly impatient with the kind of lack of signings when I think at this point there was only three in the door and he was talking about, you know, the sort of the rug being pulled from underneath them and there'd been a little bit of frustration. Um, maybe one signing that wasn't was quite dead in the water as yet and, and I think that was something that we'll come on to. But um, yeah, and, and then when the players came back in for pre-season, he was sounding a lot more optimistic and... Um, feeling better within himself. And obviously, since then, three more have, have come in the door. So, yeah, I think it does seem to be a, a generally positive mood. And, you know, some of those signings, I think, are, you know, on paper look like they're going to be really good additions and, you know, in League Two are going to be good good standard of player. So, yeah, clearly there's there's still work to be done. And he has emphasised that, that, you know, he's, he's he wants those key targets tomorrow, but he's willing to wait to try and make sure that you know those the, the targets that he wants uh the the top of the the list if you like if they're still available he's going to be patient to try and get them okay um yeah i mean we obviously obviously managed to grab have uh, around about 20 minute um, um saturday and he was more than more than one to ha and happy to speak to us um anything that kind of kind of set out that it said to us um yeah um so I think what I can say. Um, <laughs> no, we, um, we we did obviously as fans. It's sort of you, you mentioned a couple of players for the things that you hear on Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that. So we mentioned um, first of all, I'll say the one that's not going to happen now because of an announcement an hour ago. We did mention John Marquis. We sort of just mentioned that he had him before and he's a good player. But I think in the past hour he's been confirmed to have moved to uh, Bristol Rovers. So that's obviously not going to happen. It did look last week that he was likely to go to Wimbledon. So I suppose yeah, positive getting another team in our league won't get. So, yeah, but I think this might tie into what Ben was saying about that signing. We did uh, mention Paul McCallum's name to him because obviously everyone will remember three, four weeks ago that big frenzy on a Friday morning on Twitter where no one seemed to know where his name actually sprung from. I think I actually messaged Ben midway through the day. Is like, what do you know? But, <laughs> <laughs> it seemed to come from 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 one source and another, and I think. Um, when we we put up a gift for a new signing, I think this is when Sean Williams signed and McCallum at the same time actually tweeted um a, a gif of him pointing to to a clock, but it turned out he was just talking about getting to a subhead on holiday and it didn't turn out to be him. And obviously we had Harris come out and uh I think it's the radio can actually he said um he wasn't someone that he thought was gonna be gonna be coming in. But then we spoke to him on Saturday and he said that the name next to it. So I don't know if that was what Ben was referring to in terms of a deal that they all dead best to have been potentially as a great contract now, maybe. Yeah, so he'd he'd said to us before that it was one he didn't think would get done in the window. So he'd he'd kind of said no, it's not happening, and that was at the point when you know those rumours had emerged that it was done. And at that point the stumbling block appeared to be a fee. So I, that was what I assumed he was alluding to when he said, well, there's one that I don't think is going to happen, but it's not dead in the water. And I think it's clear that, you know, I heard some people say, oh, you know, the style of play at the weekend was different. But I think it's clear that he does want a focal point for the attack, doesn't he? He wants a, a striker that they can use as a target man. So 
Yeah, and I mean, Paul McCallum, as you say, has been pretty busy on Twitter and, and maybe, I don't know, he, he fancies the move, he fancies the league move. His agent's clearly been doing some work behind the scenes. So, yeah, I think it's one that, you know, like you say, he's chatted to you about and, and admitted that, you know, he is keen and it's it's still, you know, a possibility. Yeah, and, and, and I think our thoughts, our, our thoughts on it as well is, is that, um, and like you just said, Ben, about the stumbling. I think Paul, Paul McCallum is thirty. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, late twenties. Yeah, late, yeah, late twenties. And I think, I think, of my of my opinion, opinion is that we we need to we need to be careful for paying too much much money because the thing is, we, we in my opinion, when he comes to us, us end up scoring loads of goals. He can then wait, wait out on track. And we ended up we up getting nothing for him because a lot of clubs are going to look at him and go look at his age. I don't, we don't really care how he's going to score, but like there's no really resale value for him. So I can I can understand where the club's coming from. From Owen, um, Ben's Ben's hit the nail on on head the, the focal point point and a different style of play on Saturday. We we have we have saw that folks didn't we? Was there was there was very very seldom it was it was lumped forward and the one lump lump that it come from was lying behind the whole same as it always usually is um and and and, and yeah it was a different kind of uh, stuff play but one area that we severely lacked on saturday afternoon was that striker striker that was able to hold it up wasn't it yeah but we, we knew that before the game obviously if you just want to touch on McCallum, the way you just quickly way you mentioned about his age sort of one of those as well from his point of view where it looks like him and his agent would benefit more from getting this deal done because when you're 30 years old I don't know how many more chances you're going to get at that point to get back into the NFL not better when you're 30 you're basically fine but at that point, I know he's had a couple of spells before in the NFL but maybe this is him the last chance for Luton I think he would he would fit that target man role well I've heard of the name Top a couple of times in recent weeks former Millwall. I don't know if that's any legitimacy to it or whether it's just picking a, a name at random out of Harris's older Millwall teams, which seems to be the room going down a minute. But I think we did we did miss a focal point. We only really had Scott Casket in terms of a forward option. I know we have um I think it's I think it's Gabode or something like that. I think he's seventeen and he played in the first half and he's a big lad for his age, but you know, you tell he's obviously not that sort of player you look to at this point. But, you know, we need, to me, about at least three more strikers, different people that offer different things. Kashi obviously is very good in the sense that he can play out wide as well as through the middle. I think we need an out-and-out target man, then perhaps a big little man partnership, much like Bayo and uh, Cody back in the day. Because what a lot of Wickham fans said is that Kashkit plays his best football when he's got a big man alongside him to you know, nod it down to and things like that. So maybe that's something we, we can look forward to in the future. But obviously, if everyone knows that the priority we've got the we've got the goalkeeper sorted is getting forward. Obviously, we need some more defenders as well. I think midfield is probably the one position where generally we look okay for a minute. Yeah, Ben, um, obviously, uh, it, you mentioned uh, mentioned earlier, obviously, six six. Um, signings through the door at the moment. I, I know you obviously speak to to Harris on a regular basis, is it? And, and he's been quite out, open and welcome with with the media. Um, certainly last season and and this season as well. Uh, um, he's more happy to, to speak to you guys and be um, be open and honest. Um, what are from his point of view? What has he said to you about his his targets for the season and and what what does he what does him himself want to achieve? 
Firstly, just in terms of those signings, he said to me the other week that, you know, he's still looking for two more centre-halves. So that's still, you know, business that he wants to do. Obviously, up front is, as we pointed out, Cash Kit's not an out-and-out target man centre-forward. Um, I think I saw him play wing-back last season for Crew at Gresty Road and he was probably man of the match that day and was just gassing it up the right wing. And I think he set up one of the goals from, from that area of the pitch. So... Yeah, it'd be interesting to see where he does play, but clearly versatility is going to be a good thing. Um, but yeah, so I think out wide, two centre-halves and up front is is where Neil Harris is still looking to strengthen. As you say, that midfield area is looking pretty good. I think he was happy with Dom Jeffries coming in to, to add to the experience that he's got with Williams and O'Keefe Lee. Wanted a younger one with a bit more legs in there. So that, that I think is a, a, a position where he's pretty happy. And then... In terms of the, the kind of expectations for the season, we haven't specifically touched on it as yet. Um, but I think it's one of those where, you know, I don't think he'd still be at the club if he wasn't thinking about promotion. You know, this is a guy that's managed in the championship and has got Millwall out of League One. I think he'd have, you know, he wouldn't have taken the job if he didn't think, first of all, he you know, he knew that this was a possibility, that the Jules would go down to League Two because of the situation he inherited. And then I don't think he'd have taken over the job if he didn't want to get Jules straight back up if that happened. So I think, you know, promotion is definitely going to be the aim. Um, whether that's, you know, playoffs or automatic. We saw last season, didn't we, how League Two was so exciting and you had 10, 11 teams in the mix come the last couple of weeks. So if you look at the bookies' odds, Jules are kind of outside bets. I think 16 to 1, something like that. And you've got teams like Stockport and, and Bradford who are shorter odds than them, Salford as well. So the one thing I would say is that I don't think, you know, Jill's fans should look at any team in League Two and think, you know, we're worried by them. They're a massive club. Bradford, OK, are a big club. But compared to, say, League One, when you had all those ex-Premier League giants, there's not really that, is there? So I don't think there's any reason for, for Harrison, for Jill's going forward this season to fear anyone particularly. So, you know, if, if they can get that last bit of recruitment right, I don't think there's any reason why, you know, they can't have a really good season. It's going to be a bit of an arm wrestle, potentially. I don't think it's always going to be pretty football. But, you know, I think Neil Harris is prepared for that. He's wise to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and, I, and I know, as obviously said, said to us on Saturday, he'd be, be, he'd be freighted with... with um, the lack of more, more recruitment, but but um, what he did say to us was that the six, six coming into the build building that he's extremely delighted with. Um, would you say that say that it, 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 it they've been clean clear signings from from Paris because it's, it's you, you can happily sign players, but not necessarily what you need and and fit, fit within your squad. Well, it's hard to say at the minute. I don't think we can really judge anyone on the basis of 45 minutes against Ferguson, but it's interesting to me the difference between what we've been accustomed to in the last couple of seasons because, as Ben will know, talking to Steve Evans a lot of the time, he you know, brings in a handful at a time. I think he's passed double figures at Steve Lidge now this summer, which obviously we were used to the last two years. But the problem there was, although we were getting a good amount of players in, you know, quantity definitely didn't turn into quality with those really Seasons, bar the odd one here and there, you know we always we always used to say Mandy me and Lewis. Like for every Carl, there's a Day or a Lee Hodgson or someone somewhere like where it doesn't quite materialise how we like it to. I do like that Harris has been patient because it shows that he's not just willing to, 
you know, get anyone just for the sake of having numbers. As, you know, as we've seen, that didn't work out. And obviously Harris has left leftovers of who uh, Evans brought in last season, you know, the likes of Tom Dixon. He is, I bring him up every podcast, poor kid. I don't mean to, but, <laughs> but, always a good example. Um, and, you know, just players who weren't, weren't good enough, but then Harris has left him and so he didn't have the choice. But obviously, this is his first season with his own his own squad. I think a lot of people would have been surprised like Josh Williams had stayed in League One. But to get him in League Two is a bit of a poop at this level, I think. And obviously, Dom Jeffries comes with great, uh, great, great memories, great coaches. I don't know too much about the goalkeepers, but Harris has. Um, I don't know if he mentioned this to you, Ben, but um, he was talking to us about the uh, new keeper, Ashley Maynard Brewer, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. And he was saying about how um, a couple of before Sharwin's new manager came in, he was told that he was going to be number one. That he was really highly rated. Then the manager came in and said, "We're going to buy another keeper," so he wanted to leave. So. I suppose that's a good indication that, you know, especially going by what Charlton fans said as well, they seem to be quite keen for him to be the number one. So, although we may not have heard of him before, it shows that there's a lot of details going into these signings, a lot of good feedback. Obviously, I think everyone saw the uh, video. I can't remember who done it. I think it was uh, maybe, maybe Rob Elliott, was it? The former Watford goalkeeper. Yeah, did the video uh, about saying how good he thinks he is. So, there's a lot of positives to go on. Obviously, we won't be able to judge fully until we start playing in the 30th of July or I suppose when we get more tougher pre-season games and we've got Porto in a few weeks so maybe that's one where you start judging people I know Jules fans will be Jules fans and they'll see someone play play a wrong ball the first five minutes against folks and then it'll be the scapegoat for the season but <laughs> yeah I think uh, I'm happy with the progress we're making we need a lot more through the door Harrison, but he's not shy away from that but I do like the difference in uh, in uh, the way we're going about it rather than getting players in Different times and going through them thoroughly, we get them on the dotted line rather than just signing this player and not playing willy nilly for numbers as we were as we were used to in the past couple of seasons. Yeah, okay. Um yeah, let's hear let's hear the bosses the boss views after the after Saturday's turning over folks in Exeter Victor. Irrelevant. Um, it's always nice to score a couple of goals and get a clean sheet, but it's a little bit irrelevant. It's just about getting boys three minutes. Tra- training has been immense. I've got to be honest. The staff, what they've put together, uh, training uh, regime, physical regimes, um, enjoyment factor for the players whilst they're working hard. You know, fair, fair play to my staff for that. Uh, the boys have worked extremely hard, and ultimately they work extremely hard through uh, through May in particular then the start of June and, and to come back ready for the start of pre-season to get minutes on the pitch so of course we're rusty I thought some of the players were really leggy From we've had a really really tough week um, we worked extremely hard over the last 48 hours and that's why we maybe looked a little bit leggy at times in, in the running sense of things um, but it's been a brilliant few days and just to see the boys get out there and see some of the, the young lads perform well um, I'm really pleased uh, it's the end of a good week um, obviously we've been back sort of 10, 10, 11 days so um, uh, to come here and t- it's a tough fixture against a good outfit you know the boys come through it well got 45 minutes in the legs no injuries um, a lot of young back boys who've done done really well in the second half and um, yeah it's a positive week for us to, to take into next week 
real mix of players today. First team players, blows on trial and, and the academy youngsters. How do you think the academy lads got on? Really well. You know, they've been with us all week. Obviously, we are, are relatively short on numbers, so they've had to they've had to be involved with us straight away in training. And fair play, they've all stood up to it, and, and they've been excellent, and they're growing, and they get more confident. And, and days like today will help them. You know, I thought they um, thought they uh, conducted themselves really well and put in a professional performance for, for, for boys who haven't really played at this level. Glad to see a little bit more quality at times from us, but we're asking to play more football this year. And and you know, we are early stages. Obviously, we it's going to take us a good period to get up, up and running, especially especially with so many changes to the squad and more to come um, yeah look t- today was just about match minutes uh, managing Scott Cashcut you know if I'm saying I took him off after 31 minutes that was always the plan to take him off he wasn't injured or anything like that it was he came in quite late um, so you know just to get him 30 minutes was important and, and ultimately that's what these games are for um, it's, it's for Cugs to get minutes into his players and for me to get minutes into mine we go. Uh, the Boston wrist after uh, the 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 win. I folks didn't. Um, ben, um, he is heavily um, speaking about the youth this year. Something we've we've not seen in 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 some in recent years. Um, certainly, certainly today, maybe Martin and I think Justin Edinburgh touched touched in a little bit when when he when he was when he was manager. But certainly, not since the days of Martin Allen has the academy academy been used so much. Oh, Harry Harris is at the moment has not got real, real much choice, but. When he spoke looking to you, but how much have, uh, has he spoken about the academy, and what has he said about the academy? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, just in terms of the academy guys, I guess a couple of them were used last season, weren't they? Through sheer necessity, because the Evans had literally no one else had that, you know, real bad patch of injuries, and we saw likes of Akehurst and Jabodi get run out. Gale was on the bench, I think, as well. Um, and yeah, I yeah. think for when I've spoken to, to Neil and, and talked about some of the younger players, obviously he gave Josh Chambers his debut up at Sunderland, who is one that doesn't look like he's potentially going to stay. Um, when I last asked about him, he said, you know, there was an offer on the table. We'll see if he's there first day of preseason. And well, he, he obviously wasn't involved on the weekend. So that probably gives a pretty clear indication of that he's not going to be staying on. Um, but yeah, he, he said that there was a you know a, cu- a couple of the second year scholars that he was really interested in in having a look at and getting involved in pre season, and we've obviously seen a few of them involved at the weekend. Obviously, as I mentioned, Jabodi and Gale having had that first team taste before, I think are, are guys that potentially you know he'll want to look at further. And in a way, you know, going down to League Two, one of the you know you know the silver linings about it is obviously you know. You didn't, Jules fans. You, you know, you didn't want the team to be relegated, but actually, by going down to League Two, it, it does give a chance to have that sort of reset, that clean slate, and and if there is a chance to, you know, give some of these younger players a, a, an opportunity in the first team and to bring them through, and you know, sort of establish how you want this club to grow going forwards, then you know, League Two is a place where you potentially can get. Akehurst some some minutes and and some of the other younger guys and and get them more involved with the first team and and play a a bigger role than you know just kind of filling in or or being uh, on the sidelines a little bit you know someone like Harvey Lintot who's obviously been released you know he'd have probably benefited from actually going on a loan spell and and getting more first team football but just wasn't able to through sheer numbers previously so being in League Two maybe there's players like him who will actually get a chance this season. It's going to be exciting to see because, you know, ultimately as football fans, that's what we want. We want guys who are homegrown coming through to the first team, you know, the the next Jack Tucker coming through and, and one of your own 
becoming a first team star. Yeah, completely agree. Owen, um, we saw that heavily early on Saturday that well, obviously lack of lack of really good choice for, for Neil, Harris. Neil Harris was was to use the academy, but that second half team certainly certainly pretty, pretty much full of academy boys. Which we've we've obviously um, um, Charles uh, thrown in there, and and, and obviously Stuart O'Keefe captain in in the second half half side. One that stood out to me was um, um, I, I hope hope he ups all next haircut if, if he if he does break into, into the first team was 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 um, mullet mullet man Matty Mafa. Um He is obviously partly academy at the moment. The moment I thought he was was he was excellent on on Saturday afternoon and and, and one that. Um, Certainly didn't shy away from um, running it, running, running at, um, at the semi-professional boys that were, were, were half size, were, were double the size of him. Um, yeah, what did you make? You make it before Saturday? I thought it was impressive. It's first time I've really, I've really seen him. To be honest, I know he, he, I think he probably was part of the team that ended up going to Cheltenham for that FA Cup replay. Well, that was basically ninety percent kids got the end of it. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think he did really well. I, you know, it's very recognisable. Obviously, he's their cup. I think he, I think his uh, role in the final was really impressive. He went on that side of one himself, got unlucky with his own effort, which palmed away. But then the awareness and uh, quick reactions to go back and collect the loose ball and play it across for um, I think it was Jordan Green to try and try to get the goal, wasn't it? Yeah. So I think, yeah. In terms of, in terms of him, I think we need to see a lot more of him. But I think it was very good from what we saw. I think he's probably the standout in terms of the youngsters. Not like that, not that I think any really did anything wrong per se, but I think he was probably the most impressive in that um, that forward line. I moved to a four-two-three-one in the second half with um, I think it was a uh, MacArthur Green and then Ollie Lee in the middle and uh, Charles to be I didn't really think much of, but uh, you know, I think MacArthur was a standout, and he'll he'll find himself getting a few more minutes. It's, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, let's let's um let's move on to to obviously the the, the list that we mentioned. Um, had um on Saturday afternoon on trial where was Luke Davis um came Cambridge and South United for fullback back Friday leads obviously little for introduction. Jordan Green um had, had been Yeovil and Bunsey Lewis Walker kind of says Walker. Uh, under 23, 23 and Henry Reyes, who who has been Watford under the 23 and Dennis Twice son. Um yeah, what what make it a trial is so in Owen? Um obviously um out of those lot, lot Bridgerade and Jordan Green Green were the ones that stood out for me. I don't know. Yeah, I think, I think Green was a really stand out. Obviously he got his goal he won, probably the most dubious penalty you ever get to see. But <laughs> yeah, I think he just took a really heavy touch. The ball was going straight out of play and he went down and but, but fair enough. Um, I think Andrade was he looks a bit off the pace. He, the first 10 15 minutes, he was getting getting down a byline, running the players, he sort of drifted as the half went on. But obviously, I think with him, he's one of those where the point be the most recognizable name of all the trial list from Jules fans' point of view. He's uh, somewhat of a EFL now. The spells that you know, even in Southwards, I think he's one maybe we keep on for a couple more games and see, see what we can do with him potentially. Uh, I think the right back, Leon Davis, I don't think there was really much to say about him. I don't think he was really tested. Uh, put a few decent balls when he got forward. Uh, wise, I didn't really see too much of him, to be honest, in the second half. I didn't really, I think we were saying to each other, uh, to some other people we were with, that I wasn't really noticing on the ball much. And I think Walker, the striker, I don't think he, I don't think he'll be one that's, that's sticking up for much longer. I don't think he really 
is anything to impress. I don't think he's someone who they comes from the, the Serie D, which I didn't even know existed. Who knows <laughs> right. a Serie A and B? I didn't know there was a C and D. If he's in Serie D, God knows he plays in Serie D. But, <laughs> yeah, I think it's. I don't. Know, I don't know what level that is, Serie D. I would imagine it's. No idea. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even think before it's professional that low down. But no idea. No idea. It works differently to us, but yeah, I don't think he's someone that Neil will be looking to to get in for a second look. I'd be surprised. Okay, so for our three view watchers, um, that is this the end of the show. We're going to carry on, carry on for um, ten, five or ten minutes, ten minutes. So for for our um, social media watchers, um, and we've got um, um, yeah, we've got about, one about three weeks to the to, to start season. Um, um, AFC Wimbledon away on um, match match one of of League Two. Um, um, you'll see be going to that covering it, covering it for Raiden Kent. Um, let's yeah, let's get in. Let's let's get wins into what you would do on. Um, uh, uh, yeah, a match day covering the duel. So first of all, just to kind of, um, you know, preempt that, I would obviously, you know, myself or Matt Cole will go to the, the Thursday, traditionally Thursday uh, press conference. So we'd obviously chat to Neil Harris pre-game, get his thoughts uh, ahead of that one, a little bit on the opposition, etc. Friday, we'll be prepping our, our own show uh, from two to six on, on Radio Ken. We have that preview hour beforehand. So we're normally prepping the audio for that. Uh, going into the next day and then obviously doing doing my, my notes as well sort of um you know obviously we've we've watching jills every week have a pretty clear idea about who's who early season maybe have to do a bit more research but then you know doing a bit on the the, the form and the head-to-head stats etc that you can just kind of filter into the commentary and then a little bit on the opposition as well and and what you know what they're going to bring, what style of play, who the personnel are, that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, and then on the, the, the Saturday itself, I normally aim to be there around about kind of half past 12, one o'clock. As I say, our show starts at two, so kind of get all the, the kit set up. I mean, that's that's always the one that you're just hoping that the green light is going to, you know, light up on the kit and it's all going to be working when you plug it in. Um, the, the technicals are always one that you know you get those nightmare dreams about. But um, yeah, once that's all working, um, go and get a, a well. I, the the clubs that provide the media with a pie of some sort, I'm always very grateful for. They 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 always always get yeah they always go down well in my book. So um, yeah, go and grab one of those pre uh, the show starting and yeah we yeah, normally play the the manager audio about ten past two and then obviously the team news is is in by that point as well and. I've, had about sort of 10 minutes, 20 minutes to digest it if I've got it early. So, um, yeah. And then, um, yeah, obviously do the commentary, head off afterwards, post kickoff to, or post uh, full time to go speak to the manager, speak to a player, um, assuming that one is being put up. Um, last year, Jack Tucker got the honours a couple of times after defeats and um, credit to him. Um, yeah. So then I'll, we'll play that out before six o'clock. That's when the show finishes and then heading, head home from, wherever it is in the country that I've, I've managed to trek it to for uh, for that particular game. But um, yeah, that's a, sort of a, a whistle-stop tour of, of the day, which I think, I guess, is fairly similar to some some fans as well who, who'd like to get there nice and early and soak up the atmosphere beforehand as well. So, um, yeah. 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 Um, we're going to put you on the spot now, quickly, very, very, very quickly. Um, um, what's probably the most interesting story you've got while, while coming to Jills for Radio Kent that, that you look on and, and at a moment and you think, Oh my god, God! Like that is probably why I do this or why I don't do this. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, 
I mean, I've I mean, seen a fair few managers come and go in the the time that I've been doing it the last few years. Yeah, um, you have. You yeah. know, I I think Justin Edinburgh was probably my first one, and then Peter Taylor coming back, AD Pennock, Steve Lovell, um, obviously Steve Evans. Um, when that news came out that Steve Evans was coming in, I was a little bit worried um, with what that was going to entail because of his reputation, of course. Um, yeah. But actually, he was, you know good as gold with me and you know he's always got an opinion on something so from our point of view actually you know I could ask him whatever and, and he'd have an opinion on it and would would give you a straight answer so actually it was you know from a media point of view really good to work with um I think AFC Wimbledon away after that defeat when he came out um and was I think you know visibly fuming um that was a slightly scary moment as well but managed to negotiate my way through that interview so um yeah it's I mean there, there, there's one thing with Gillingham, you know, I'm not a Gillingham fan myself, but it, it's, a, it's an entertaining club to to follow. There's always something going on. You know, there's there's always a story with Jill's, whether that's a, a glimmer of a, a hope of playoffs or whether it's trying to contend with, with relegation and stay up, etc. Like, you know, there's, it's, it, we, we, you know, there's been a lot of occasions where late goals have been scored in front of the Rainham end or gone away from home and, and got pretty creditable results so yeah I, I've, I've always enjoyed uh, watching Jill's and, and covering it I mean some people say to me that it's not the prettiest football but you know I quite like a bit of um, hard to beat type stuff at times so it, I, style of play I'm, I'm not worried about um, and then yeah and Jill's fans have always been great with me and it's been great to kind of Kind of chat to you guys on on social media and stuff over the years and get to know and uh, quite a few num a uh, few of you so uh yeah it's 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 been thoroughly enjoyable and looking forward to to continuing doing it excellent as, as someone sorry james as as someone who works in the media as as last season was going on it seemed to be even just after Harris came it seemed to be more and more heading in in one direction how, how difficult did you find press conferences and that sort of time where you're basically going to defeat after defeat. Specifically, the one I'm thinking of is like, how, how do you prepare questions for after a game like a 7-2 defeat to Oxford? Like, where do you even start? Like, oh. Luckily, I didn't do that game. I was, uh, <laughs> I I had the day off. So, yeah, I, I think the most difficult period in terms of that was when AD Pennant was in charge and results were, you know, not good. And obviously, Jill's stayed up by the skin of their teeth. Um, but, you know, AD was was so such a nice guy and, you know, I got on with him so well. It was kind of hard at times to, you know, really sort of go, hang on a minute, you know, I'm going to have to ask you that tough question because it's not good, is it? So, yeah, I, it's, I guess it's one of those. And, and to be honest, I really appreciate the fact that Steve Evans and, and Neil Harris are so honest enough to, you know, they know that that is my job to ask those nasty questions at times. And, you know, I try and put it in the nicest way possible almost, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's one of those, isn't it? You know, when, when results are not happening and, and you know you need wins and then they don't come, it, it's it's difficult and it's, you know, it's it's that manager's livelihood and, and football's such a volatile business, isn't it? So, you know, I might get to last through a number of Gillingham managers, but, but, you know, when they don't get results, they lose their job, don't they? So, yeah, the, that's the worst part when you're asking a manager whether or not they still should be employed by the club because it's not going well. That's that's sort of the the bit I least enjoy, sort of saying, you know, fans are calling for your head. What do you say to that? Yeah, fair, yeah, yeah, fair point, fair point. Ben, ben, you've been an excellent, excellent and outstanding guest um, this evening. Enjoy 
enjoy a quick um, commentating on the Jewel season, not me. Commentate on a, a, a promotion under Neil, Neil, Neil Harris. Um, um, yeah, we will we'll join you um, next next Monday as we review the Dover as a result, and hopefully we have some signings in the building. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's all from us this evening. You've been watching the ME77 cast. <laughs>